we did a survey last year in 2022, and three out of four sellers mentioned that they're interested in building more brand awareness on eBay and being able to reach customers in a different way. And you see this throughout retail media. You know, having that relationship with a customer is so important because it's not just about that first purchase. It's about trust and thinking, oh, if I enjoyed this, then I might enjoy you know, something else or I might replenish through that same seller. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. When you think about key e-commerce players, it's kind of hard not to think about eBay, right? I mean, obviously, it's a shopping destination in its own right, but the eBay ads team also has some pretty interesting new developments and insights around industry best practices. They have some fantastic consumer research and, of course, some very helpful perspectives on what brands and sellers need to do to be successful, not just on eBay, but honestly, in terms of marketing and advertising online in general. So that's why I was thrilled to sit down with Elizabeth Rommel, GM of eBay Ads. We get into, honestly, all of it. In just 30 short minutes, we were able to discuss some key trends that started during the holidays and are continuing through 2023, some new realities for brands as they try to acquire and retain customers online, and even some key best practices to ensure that brands are successful as they strive to diversify and optimize their marketing and advertising investments. Elizabeth, it is so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for taking the time out. Thanks, Alicia. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to participate and get to share some of my thoughts with your audience. Yeah, and we have a lot to dig into, but I have to say, I think what I'm most excited about is just to get your perspectives because of your incredibly impressive background. I mean, you've worked for companies like CBS Market Watch and Google, but you spent a total of 18 incredible years at Amazon working across different functions. I have to ask, before we get into all of the trends and the tactics, I'd love to get your take on what were some of the most notable career and industry learnings for you from that experience? Yeah, this is a fun one to start start off with. I love talking about career and looking back. And I think it's nice in hindsight to see some of the things that you may not have seen in the time. So probably the biggest career learning I've had is to keep an open mind and to be okay with not taking the path that's expected for you. And a lot of times that can open up a rewarding experience that you're not expecting. And if nothing else, it teaches you what you might not want to do. It does take, I would say, a genuine curiosity or interest in what that new path offers. And you always want to think about your strengths and how that might line up. For example, kind of early in my time at Amazon, I was in the finance group and I'd say I was pretty confident in my path forward, but maybe not as inspired as I wanted to be. So taking a leap into a new role, which was a hybrid product management, account management role in a new business line of digital advertising 
really, it wasn't an easy decision, but it's one that I've never regretted. It was an opportunity really to stretch myself and to build something that not only has become a core part of Amazon's business, but really shaped the industry of retail media. And you know, I always think if I had not taken that leap and stayed on what was more expected of me, it would have been harder to achieve that. I also think I try to use this in building teams and mentoring. During my two years at eBay so far, we've grown a lot. And with growth often comes change and reorganization, needing to rethink how you're set up. And as hard as this is on the people involved, if you go into it with that open mindset around what can I do and how can I make this into an opportunity, I've seen a lot of positivity come from that. Now, shifting over then to the industry learning, it's funny because I would give the same advice almost to a company to focus on your strengths and to think about why those strengths matter to customers and not be afraid to take risks. During my experience building advertising programs in shopping environments, it's not always clear to the existing customer set what those strengths are. So for example, at Amazon, even during my time at eBay, we get requests from certain brands for what we call high impact advertising solutions. So maybe pushing down the content on the homepage or having a video autoplay within the content. And this just isn't great for those that are there to shop. And so instead of saying we need to follow that path, Think about what you could do differently and how you could bring a different set of strengths, for example, technology, personalization, automation to a different customer set, perhaps. And I think that that's been a learning around seeing the industry evolve and knowing that you have to think about being right for your customers, but also about what they don't know that they need. I just maybe wrap up this as I was thinking about it. And it's advice that I would also probably give to you know, one of my children or to a mentee. And don't try to fit in the box that exists today. If you can be yourself and then you find the people that value that and value your unique qualities, I think that's really where you can shine. Yeah, I love that. And it's easy to see how like some of those those personal learnings kind of intermingle with the professional ones, right? Especially as we think about how quickly the retail landscape is changing. All of these new channels, new opportunities to reach customers, and then simultaneously, the behaviors of your customers are also changing, right? So it's always this idea of taking your core skills and competencies and finding ways to stretch them and apply them in new ways. And I think that applies really nicely to what I read. You did a Q&A when you joined eBay ads and, and you noted that you joined the organization because of the connection to the mission of driving seller growth, which I think is really powerful because, you know, you want to serve the customer, but you also want to serve the brands that you're supporting and you're working with. So you mentioned a little bit earlier about like that idea of, you know, creating that more, more customized and immersive path, so to speak, for the shopping experience. So what unique opportunities do you think eBay has to accomplish this mission of driving seller growth, especially because we're covering e-commerce every day and I feel like the landscape is growing so fast and there's always more players and more platforms that can be used to enter the market and grow in the market. So what does eBay and eBay ads specifically bring to the table, do you think? 
Yeah, I think that's right. There are always evolving technologies, new niche players, large players coming in and trying to to find a place in this ecosystem. I think what eBay uh, ads does that's really interesting is tries to create products that serve a wide variety of sellers, but keeping those sellers at the core of our mission. So through empowering this thriving global ecosystem, we can grow this community and in turn help the buyers find the products they're looking for, whether it's a need or a passion that they're trying to fulfill. And it's especially true in what we call our focus categories, which are the core categories where eBay is different, differentiated and where we want our buyers to know they can come and find a product that they might be searching everywhere for or find a great deal on something that they could buy a number of places but choose to buy on eBay. I'd say within the ads program, customer trust, um, our search queries provide both breadth of queries and scale. Our recommendations and the algorithms behind those are continually um, invested upon and make it easy for sellers and brands to use our advertising solutions. And you know, all of those things tie back to that core mission of helping sellers grow. I think just to add to that, if you think about sellers of all sizes in all regions, the right solution won't be the same for everyone. And so putting that portfolio out there and helping sellers, you know, being their true partner and guiding them to the right products, guiding them to use a test and learn strategy to make sure that if the product works for their goals, they keep using it. And if not, they might want to move that investment to another channel. It works both when you're trying to precisely target an audience with behavioral targeting, which might tap into some of our first party data around shopping and who the customer is. But it works also extremely well if you're a seller, let's say, with an array of golf accessories and you want to get that in front of the right buyer searching today as the season's you know, kicking into full gear, being able to find that product that they're looking for and hit the buy button. Yeah, definitely some great perspectives there. I especially appreciate that emphasis on testing and learning and, and how you can essentially use that data or those results to make more informed decisions. It's definitely something that we've been covering a lot on Retail Touchpoints. And I know during the holiday season, we, we covered some eBay ads research and obviously there are some very specific shopper behaviors and expectations around holiday specifically and just like how we typically shop during that time. But I also felt like there were some really, really telling trends that kind of apply to the industry at a high level, even beyond the holiday season. So like this on shipping options and price considerations. I mean, just it just seemed to align really nicely with some of the higher level macro discussions that we were having. So I'm curious now, obviously, we're a bit out from, from the holiday season, but I'm always interested to kind of look back and kind of see what has continued, like what has sustained from an industry perspective. So are there any trends you think have carried or will carry through as we get further into 2023, especially considering what's happening at the retail level, but also what's happening at the consumer level as well? Yeah. One of my favorite stats from that holiday survey was that 92% of eBay shoppers plan to do most of their shopping online. 
And as we know, this was first accelerated by the pandemic when e-commerce, when many people turned to e-commerce because there wasn't another option. But with investments in convenience, in pricing, in information and accessibility, I think the experience is only getting better. And so we saw this during our holiday time, but I think about it personally, being in the car, waiting for my son's lacrosse practice to finish up and being able to buy that pair of, search and buy a pair of cleats that I know that he needs. That convenience is only growing and we see that trend continue. The hunt for the good deal that we also saw come through strongly in that holiday study is something that also is not slowing down. I thought it was interesting that this came out, especially for the Gen Z demographic and the concept of being willing to splurge on something like a pre-loved Prada bag that they're getting a great deal on, but also acknowledging that the changes in the economy have made them more likely to shop on eBay. So 38% said that they're more likely to shop on eBay because of economic concerns. And 58% said that they would sell on eBay to make extra money. So this is maybe a demographic that continues to move you know, closer to the re-commerce and not just having a single stop for their purchasing needs. And I really do see that trend continuing as well. And then speaking of re-commerce, we did our third annual re-commerce report, and it also showed that sellers and buyers are going to use, you know, gently used items to sell things from whether it's their closet or old toys to weather the uncertainty around the economy right now. And so, you know, as there is a lot of unknown out there, it makes a lot of sense to say, I can go to eBay and find something that is maybe a certified refurbished product that's guaranteed and will really help make it a dent in a good way in my budget. And you're getting top brands you know, through that experience. And our survey respondents, 65% of them said that they were really excited about that opportunity to buy top brands that they might not otherwise buy because of the refurbished program. So in summary, I do think that a lot of those trends are continuing, and I think that it's really fueled by technology. The more we make it simple for people to find what they're looking for, the more likely they are to use those moments every day to complete a purchase or to research something that they might not buy online, but they might buy later on you know, in a store. So I think a lot of that, those things are still happening and it's a great opportunity for brands and sellers of all sizes to be top of mind during those retail moments. Yeah, that's excellent. So to that end, I mean, how is the eBay ads team providing the tools and resources to help the brands and sellers be a part of that moment, right? I mean, I definitely appreciate the fact that there is a breadth of categories and brands and that eBay shoppers can easily find what they're looking for and better reflect their new needs and behavior. So how is the eBay team, eBay ads team rather, responding to that and helping ensure success, you know, regardless of the size and the category of the brand and seller partner? Yeah, I think the eBay ads team is trying to be kind of the flashlight that helps sellers decide where to invest. And we do this in a couple of ways. And first of all, using the data that we have, whether this be the trending keywords report that's available through our advertising dashboards 
or our Terapeak product, which gives insights on which products are trending and where people might want to source inventory. I think those are really great starting points and unique at eBay because of our scale and willingness to share that data and to truly partner with the brands and sellers out there as they're deciding, you know, should I invest in pickleball equipment or should I do sustainable water bottles or take that trend? And you get a lot of information to start that makes it a bit less daunting to make the initial outlay for inventory. Then once you have that set, I see advertising being that accelerator to your core offering. And so some of the things that the ads team is investing investing in is to make this easy. You don't want to wake up and as part of your business have to think about advertising all the time. Many of our sellers really want a set it and forget it approach. And our tools like automated campaigns for promoted listing standard make that possible. We've invested in the functionality to set parameters. And those parameters will be different for different sellers with different goals. But once those parameters are set, then our systems can take over and within those guardrails, optimize for performance and for hitting those goals and keeping that seller really competitive. It's really, as we're thinking about what's next and how we grow, the guiding principle for everything we're developing. With our cost per click product, promoted listings advanced, we have automation functionality on the roadmap and have rolled out some already. For example, Quick Setup is a new way where you can go in. We suggest the keywords, we suggest the the bids, and you set your budget, you set your goals, and you can be off and measure and say, is this hitting my goals? And if it is, great, reinvest. If not, optimize and move forward that way. So I think overall, if we can make it easy for sellers to know what to offer, really doing that matching between the buyer demand and the seller offering, and then advertising tools that are rooted in automation and trust and insights, I think there's a big opportunity for us to continue to grow together. And ultimately, we want sellers to see advertising as an offering, something that they're glad that eBay has because it helps them grow and it puts the control in their hands while taking the work out of having to manage it the way they might have to elsewhere. That's great. And I also can appreciate the fact that it kind of covers several aspects of what a brand or seller needs to do to be successful today, right? Like advertising isn't just something that you set, forget, and just wait for results to come in, right? It's always evolving and there's a need or an opportunity rather to adjust your approach based on, you know, what consumers are actually doing, what they're responding to. So I think leaning into that opportunity, not just that initial discovery, but, you know, getting that recurring traffic or, you know, getting the revisits from customers that have purchased from you once. It definitely aligns, I think, to a very interesting overlapping conversation that's happening now about the role that advertising plays, not just in that initial purchase or that like first time acquisition, but also retaining customers, setting that foundation for loyalty. 
So I'm curious, how do you and eBay ads think about striking that balance and supporting the brands and sellers that want to do that? Like what are the keys, I guess, to being successful in this particular area? Yeah, that's definitely something that we've heard from sellers. We did a survey last year in 2022 and three out of four sellers mentioned that they're interested in building more brand awareness on eBay and being able to reach customers in a different way. And you see this throughout retail media, having that relationship with a customer is so important because it's not just about that first purchase. It's about trust and thinking, oh, if I enjoyed this, then I might enjoy something else or I might replenish through that same seller. So yeah, really, really critical need from the sellers and one we're trying to address. One of our first um, forays into this is a newer product. It's in closed beta right now called Promoted Display. And I think it brings together really the best of the prominence that a display ad offers with the automation and technology that sometimes is a barrier to entry. For example, if you're a seller that doesn't have a a creative agency to create assets for you for your campaign, you might be blocked from getting into that product line. So we've taken the combination of our catalog of data, understanding of how categories work together and seller inputs and created a really easy to use option that lets a seller display more than just one item. And the goal is to really open the door to that seller's store on eBay and help the customer discover products beyond the category that they might be looking at at the moment, and then use functionality like save the seller, which allows you to come back and not only have a feed of items from that seller, but remember that you've purchased something from them in the past and you would be likely to do it again. So promoted display is something that we hope to release more broadly, plan to release broadly in this coming year. And but first, you know, getting a lot of customer feedback, making sure that it's the right balance for the buyer and the seller. And then we'll continue on from there. Love that. I love that idea of opening the digital door, so to speak, and um, creating that entry point for customers to the brand. That's definitely an interesting way to think about it. So to the end, Elizabeth, I think we've covered a lot of really interesting areas, ways that eBay ads is, is supporting brands and sellers, especially in light of the consumer behaviors that have started to bubble up and essentially are going to be sticking for the, for the long term. So to the end, do you have any closing recommendations or best practices to basically help our listeners better navigate this evolving ad landscape and establish the right strategies, right? I mean, we're, we're kind of at this interesting phase for marketing and advertising where it's like there's the need to do more and be everywhere, but they also have to be effective and profitable in their efforts. So any closing thoughts there just based on what you're seeing and hearing in the market? Yeah, no, that's a great summary. And I'm glad we've had a chance to cover a lot of the points along the way today. What I'd probably wrap with are a couple points. The first one is thinking about when you're investing in an advertising partner, making sure that that partner is listening and concerned with your success and taking that feedback and making the offering better, making the products better. You know, we'll never say that on day one, 
everything will be perfect. And the difference though, is knowing that there's the desire to continue to innovate and meet those customer needs. And that that advertising partner knows that they will not survive without you as a customer. So that's one thing that I would focus on is how do you have that mix of the right offering with the right customer service and true level of partnership? I think next, as a business, every business is different and businesses are different, even obviously in different seasons and different cycles. So think about what's most important for what your business needs today and then map that to the long-term growth. And different advertising solutions will fit the bill in one cycle that might not be the best for another. And so I think that combination of goal setting, thinking about what's important to you, and then mapping that out toward long-term goals and employing that plan. I think that is something that I'd advise brands and sellers alike to do, to think about, do you want to drive volume? Is it a brand building time? Do you already have some of the boxes checked and you're looking for another partner that can expand your reach? So all of those criteria, once you consider, it really helps inform your strategy. Um, We talked about this a bit, but test and learn, and this is between different products, but also between different marketplaces or different advertising solutions. We found what works well on one may not work exactly the same on another. So being aware that it's not always that lift and shift mentality, instead understand the unique environment you're on, understand that customer that you're trying to reach within that strategy and then measure and make sure that it's the right path going forward. And then finally, I would just say, like, invest in those basics and building the trust with the buyers and the customers. I think, Alicia, you said it earlier, but if you do all of these things and you don't have that trust, if you don't have the listing description in a way that really speaks to the specifics and the accuracy, if you don't have great photos of your product or video, if customer reviews are sparse, you know, those are all reasons where even with the best advertising traffic driving strategy, a customer might not choose to purchase or might not become one of your customers. So I think just focusing on that full experience of your potential buyer and hopefully long-term customer, and then using advertising to accelerate that foundation is a winning strategy that I'd recommend. That is such a great point, Elizabeth. And when we actually didn't have time to really dig into that much, like all of those tactical elements that play into that product discovery experience that help build trust and help verify that the consumer is making the right decision for them. Like you said, the the photos, the product listing details, you know, all of those areas that hit on all of the content that they need to make the best decision. That all plays into closing the loop, so to speak, and getting people to build trust and convert once they once they're able to open that digital door, as you noted earlier. But this has been fantastic, Elizabeth. I think we covered a lot of really great ground. 
probably the start of a few follow-up conversations and, and questions on social media, which we hope will happen. But for now, thank you so much for taking the time. This was such a helpful and insightful conversation. It's always great to hear from the folks that are doing the work and living and breathing it every day. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that I was able to share and look forward to continuing the conversation. Awesome. And to that end, everyone, if you do have follow-up questions for Elizabeth, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a line on Twitter at our touch points or on LinkedIn at retail touch points. We actually will be sure to link to some of the resources and data that Elizabeth spoke about as well during the conversation. So if you want to dig into that data a little bit more and get some more insights on the trends that we discussed. But of course, if you enjoyed this conversation and, and want to share your feedback, we would love to hear from you as well. Leave us a rating or review. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, frankly, anywhere else we are likely there. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you can get the latest and greatest conversation delivered right to your preferred device. But for now, that's it from us, everyone. Thank you again to Elizabeth and thanks to all of you for listening. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.